You're listening to RHR Talks, the podcast where the RHR team talk about all things recruitment. We're going to be covering various topics on which we are regularly asked by candidates and hiring managers and offering our industry insights, which we hope you will find useful. I'm Tim McGuire, one of the senior consultants here at RHR. This week, I am joined by Adam Harrington and Stephen Forwell from From Point Partners and Laura Harris from Laura Harris Recruitment. We'll be discussing their industry experience and knowledge and finding out what advice they would give to both job seekers and hiring managers. Thank you all for finding the time to speak to me and to each other, I guess. Um, Let's start with some introductions. Uh, Adam, why don't you start? Of course, uh, Tim, thank you very much for having me and Steve on the podcast. Um, So my background is I started off in recruitment back in 2005. Um, I was, I I transferred from the wonderful world of a state agency into uh, a recruitment background, not having any prior recruitment experience. I actually joined a, a City of London legal secretarial and support firm. Um, I subsequently then moved into property recruitment um, right across the board. And then I, my journey with RHR and the sort of RHR family started in 2009, where I joined what at the time was in retail. Um, now in retail is now known as retail appointment. It was uh, a job board that had been started off by RHR. Um, alongside the appointment magazine. It had then been bought out by the Daily Mail General Trust and had still kept on the uh, CEO of RHR as the CEO, sort of the MD, um, to manage the process through. Uh, I was there for three years um, covering recruitment advertising within retail and also uh, magazine sales and covering their live events as well. Uh, I then left to go back into working in the city and in 2014 I came back to the the Phoenix uh, if you like of the retail appointment as they had sort of um, moved away from the Daily Mail group and had restarted it and come back into the RHR fold so we had it set up as the retail appointment and the retail appointment live uh, and the retail appointment magazine so my my journey, if you like, or, or my connection with RHR is particularly strong. Right, great. No, and it explains what, why we have a partnership with your business now, which we'll go into a little bit more detail. And it's always nice to hear that we managed to um, wriggle you back somehow, uh, <laughs> which is always nice to hear. Um, and I guess that puts in very nicely to talk a little bit more about your yourself, Steve. So Introduce yourself and appreciate any background you kind of have um, well, to bring yourself here, really. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for today. And uh, it's lovely to meet you both. Um, like Adam, uh, I didn't really start out in the recruitment industry. I was actually in the, the I was working with contractors on payroll services at the time. And uh, my relationship with Adam was, Adam was on a, a friend's basis at the time. Uh, we spoke a lot about um, what he was doing and, and the business and suggested to me uh, that uh, why don't I give a 
uh, at which point I thought, yeah, why not? Uh, he seems to be doing quite well at it. So I joined a company called Spring Technology back in 2007. Uh, obviously, they were a very uh, large IT recruitment consultancy at the time. That was um, a very enjoyable experience. So I was there for a couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, I joined a year before the 2008 um, crash, which yeah. um, uh, hit everybody as has as has COVID. Uh, so I, I moved on then to uh, another organization uh, called Claremont Consulting, where I probably had my best time in recruitment. Um, quite a small IT firm, but uh, they've grown rapidly over the years. Very, very experienced consultants. Um, taught me a lot. I had some um, great leadership there. Uh, I was there for a good five, six years. So I've, I've, been, I've been in recruitment for many, many years, working with telecommunications companies, I've been working with financial companies, uh, mainly on the IT side. So it will be mostly uh, anything from support all the way up to project management within IT, uh, even executive level roles uh, with some telecommunication companies uh, as well. So uh, it's been great. Um, I've loved it, but I've been doing it for so long for agencies now that um, I decided, uh, having had major discussions with Adam uh, about, uh, you know, uh, what we were doing and maybe we should think about this. And I think we've both got the experience to do so. So we, we sat down, put our heads together and decided that we were going to go out ourselves and start our own consultancy. And that's basically what happened. Uh, and we set it up in January 2019. And it went quite well for the first year, uh, considering, um, you know, kind of made a little bit of a profit, which in the first year for most businesses Always is a good thing. Yeah, a good thing. And then we were getting to a point where uh, things were starting to get very interesting. But then obviously, March last year, everything uh, took a turn for the worst unfortunately and uh, it's uh, it's been a tough year since then but you know we're still here and things are looking up and hopefully moving forward um with yourselves uh, we can uh, keep growing and develop, develop ourselves a bit more great great and yeah i mean in the last year the agencies uh, both or internal recruitment it, the market has completely changed and the benefits are i think whoever has been able to learn and survive from this year is the fact that you know we will be stronger from it um whether that is learning lessons whether that is understanding or i guess even more appreciating what we do um especially now as it is i would say a, a very heavy job market instead of a candidate market which it was during the pandemic so great appreciate that um laura i guess last but certainly not least um introduce a little bit about yourself uh, how you've come here uh, or come to be here, should I say, and yeah, a little bit more about yourself. Hi, Tim. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, nice to meet you both. Um, so basically, my my career started uh, at Benefit Cosmetics, <laughs> uh, and I mentioned that because being a recruiter, it's really important, obviously, that you have great communication, and that is what Benefit builds. So that's kind of where I got my kind of retail experience, and then. I moved to Blink Brow Bar as a um, business manager. Um, and to be honest, right from kind of the get-go, I was kind of trusted with internal recruitment. Um, so for me, I feel like I've kind of always had a hand in recruitment. It's just been more internal. 
Um, and then I worked my way up into senior management at Blink Brow Bar. And it was actually while I was at um, Blink that I um, met with Jason, who's the director for our HR. And he actually said to me, have you ever thought about recruitment <laughs> as in external <laughs> recruitment? Uh, and I'll be honest, I hadn't. It had never occurred to me. Um, and then, you know, I obviously went into my research and everything. And I found actually it's the kind of career that I think I'd really be interested in because it's all about talking to people, building relationships, all that jazz. Um, unfortunately, failed the test, um, but it was fine because then um, I then was taken on as a commercial business director um, for a small salon called Nails and Brows in Mayfair, um, which again was fantastic because they, being such a small brand, they didn't have any recruitment um, internally, so I was doing it all. Um, which was great because I think when you're doing internal recruitment, you get an idea of the kind of candidates that you're looking for. So then when you're then advising a client or putting someone forward, you fully understand what it is that they're looking for. But I think as well, I also had my own dealings with agencies. Uh, and so, you know, quickly figured out what to do and what not to do. <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously being a recruiter is all about resilience. So I then decided to contact Jason again uh, last year. Uh, it was in February and this time passed, passed the online assessments, which was wonderful. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I was uh, brought on board as an account manager. Uh, it was fantastic. I had three weeks of intense training and then COVID hit. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, uh, you know, as, as per many people found last year, um, I was sadly made redundant. Um, but I'd kind of had a taste of external recruitment by then and it kind of lit a fire in me. So um, I spent my kind of lockdown just looking for new opportunities. Um, I was then taken on kind of on a commission basis by CV UK, um, worked for them for a good, I'd say a good six months, which was great because again, it was that predominantly was all about headhunting um, and about bringing on new business and things like that, which obviously at RHR only being there three weeks, I'd not had that experience. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't work out due to COVID. Um, so I kind of decided to myself in January, um, you know, I'm actually going to give this a go myself and see what happens. Um, because I felt I'd had a lot of experience in terms of internal recruitment and what I would look for in candidates. And then on top of that, I had all the training from our HR, which was intense and I'm really grateful for. Um, and then I had my experience at CV UK. So I started um, Laura Harris recruitment in January. We're now eight months in. Um, and it's it's going amazingly. It's going really, really well. I'm actually quite surprised. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so our HR, um, I was really grateful. They came back to me uh, in March this year and they actually wanted to bring me back full time permanently. But I think by that point, you know, things were going really well with the business and I kind of felt it would be a bit of a disservice to kind of not see it through. So, you know, I was honest with them and then they then said to me, would you consider a partnership, which to my knowledge had never been done before. <laughs> so yeah. I was really honoured. Um, and yeah, so I came on board um, with them and we did a partnership from about May um, and it's been going really, really well. They've been working on my roles. I've been working on their roles and I'm really excited for what the future holds. Great. Great. No, really appreciate all your introductions and it gives uh, a nice taste for anyone who's listening about, you know, your background and how you've gotten there. It's interesting for both three, all three of your um, kind of backgrounds, none of you necessarily started in recruitment. And, and actually a lot of um, the top recruiters that I meet both externally or internally don't necessarily start out in the field, especially, you know, RHR, a lot of um, 
my colleagues started off in retail management. Why, why do you think that is? Why, how, why do you think that A, um, different backgrounds are drawn to recruitment and B, you know, the, the like for like skills? Is it there? Is it something you have to learn completely different? Whilst none of us started in recruitment, yeah. we the likelihood is at some stage we will have been a part of that process probably as a candidate. I mean, it's unlikely early in your career that you're going to be the one that's uh, a client side, if you like, using a consultancy. But you're, depending on the areas you've been in, if you look at all three of us, we've all been, the environments that we came from beforehand, we're all very much customer facing and those kind of interactive communicative roles. Mm. As such, I think that recruitment is a wonderful industry for people that enjoy that human interaction. I know, of course, it, within the last 18 months or so, it's all been rather uh, distant and a little bit insular or secular, sure. if you like. But there's still that intrinsic element of it. Mm. And I think that if you are, a, and it sounds cheesy, but if you are a good people person, you enjoy being able to match candidates with positions you can speak openly and honestly and build up relationships with clients you can do the same and earn the trust of candidates and clients alike then I think that it's it's a wonderful and a very suitable industry for you to be in yeah and I think it's totally right and I would say that to anyone who's listening who's perhaps um been interested in a career in recruitment regardless of where else you are in your career but for ah, oh, it's not right like I said, this is case in point of all three people that have gone very far in their career and done different things. If you are interested, it is worth contacting RHR or someone else because it is definitely a conversation you should have. So I feel like our listeners very much understand who you guys are, which is great. So I just want to spend a little bit of time understanding, I guess, where your company fits into the market. Now, obviously, uh, you can say that if you type in agencies online, there are a lot of agencies that come up. So what what makes each of your agencies special? Where's your niche and what do you provide to clients and candidates that perhaps other agencies are not? I'll, I'll start with this one if you don't mind, uh, Tim. Basically, I, I, pass, I see Frontpoint Partners as um, Adam and I's experience are the, about understanding clients' needs. You know, when we have these conversations with managers or whether it be HR, you know, it's about really getting down to what it is they're looking for. Because to be honest with you, job specifications, when they're thrown at you, um, you know, they list a number of skills, a number of important details. But half the time when, you've, when you're recruiting for these people, majority of the time, they say that the personality is just as important as the skills. Uh, so it's really about understanding what your client wants. And I, I firmly believe that if, you know, HR has a purpose, obviously, but I do believe that the more contact and uh, information you get from a manager directly, you're going to have more success and you're certainly going to find better candidates because you know exactly what you're looking for. And I think what sets front point partners out from larger big corporate organizations is that given the experience we have and and that's our kind of professional outlook a lot of big agencies normally will have very young inexperienced people uh, just hitting phones calling candidates and um, i have many conversations with candidates who say oh you know it's nice to actually speak to someone that actually listens and actually knows what they're talking about rather than just sort of being hit with a job you know 
and, and just have my my CV fired everywhere. Um, and I think that's what I've learned uh, over the years being in recruitment is that it's more this this. The more you can send professional related CVs and not so many, so maybe two or three to a client and don't bombard them with 10 or 12 CVs, just hoping to get a hit. For me, that's where front point partners are different. Um, I don't know if Adam would want to back me up and agree with me on that one, but uh, that's exactly how I see us anyway. Yeah, wholeheartedly. And the feedback that we get on numerous occasions from clients, we've actually been told before by clients that when we are sending over the CVs uh, of candidates that we want to put forward for jobs, they are that much more detailed than what competitors, and I'm not going to say who or where, but at other agencies when they're essentially just getting, right, another attachment, another attachment, and there's not really, there's no backstory if you like, where mm. we try and do, because we're speaking to candidates, we are selling not just the position, and given that we are primarily IT, which is a very, very heavily technically focused sector anyway, but the, the qualifications and the uh, capabilities are all going to be listed, and they're all going to be quite comparable what we will do as well is explain to the client what the candidate is like so that they almost feel like they kind of know them and have an idea of them personality wise, because we have to explain the company culture and the ethos and what a company is like. So we have to know the client. We have to be able mm -hmm. to paint that picture to the candidate. We therefore in return, will paint a picture of the candidate to the client. So when you've got, client a picking up an email from front point partners that has candidate one candidate two candidate three on there it will explain not just what it says on their cv because ultimately they can send that directly and just look right okay they've got the numbers here they've got this 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 and this but if they know a little bit more about the human that's behind the cv that becomes more enticing for a client that's not just having email after email sent to them with someone who may or, not, may or may not be the right fit for a role. So we take more time over it, but in the long term, it's not wasting candidates' time sending them for a role that they're not going to enjoy. And it's not wasting the client's time where they're looking at somebody that isn't right for it. And it's almost as if we didn't pay attention. So we we have a meticulous attention to detail knowing about our clients as if we work there and we have a meticulous attention to detail about our candidates sending them as if they were a personal friend of ours yeah yeah and, and what i love about what you two have said and i think this really hones down into rhr beliefs and, and my beliefs as a, a recruiter and that's why we obviously have this partnership is the fact that Quite recently, I wouldn't mean, say recently, a lot of agencies, although it is a sales role, they've been treating recruitment as a sales kind of um, more. Of, they've been treating candidates as a product. So what you'll yeah. get is not yeah. people understanding why they're looking to move. You're, you're not understanding what a client's looking for as a person, the position. So what ends up is that, like you're right, that you have some agencies just flicking CV saying, yeah, that looks like for like, that looks like for like, not getting or not really spending any time where 
what's the candidate looking for? What's the client looking for? And then, of course, the reason why you both do that, which is why uh, me, myself and Laura do that, is A, that makes um, people stay in a position for longer. It obviously helps when it comes to any withdrawals or counteroffers because you're already invested in the person instead of just hoping that they'll invest in the frontline spec that you've sent them and, and, and hope that's it. So, no, I, I, really, I really appreciate those points. and I, I totally agree with them. What, what about yourself, Laura? So, you know, Laura Harris recruitment, you know, if, if, if you had to do a, a one minute pitch, um, it doesn't have to be one minute, it doesn't have to be a pitch. Um, talk to me about where Laura Harris recruitment sits in the market and what your particular um, skills bring. So, I mean, obviously, I, I don't just um, deal in one, uh, one industry um, like Adam and Steve. Mine's kind of, it's across uh, a range of them. Obviously, predominantly, my, I specialise in beauty. Um, and that's not just big brands. It's also kind of individual salon owners, um, you know, clinics like skin clinics, laser clinics, things like that, because they're kind of the roles that people really struggle to find because candidates do tend to be quite flaky when it's more of a junior position. Right. Um, one of the things that I make sure, which I know I've been told or the recruiters do not do, is obviously if you're dealing with, you know, therapists who are need to be of a certain level, shall we say, um, ensuring that they do have those qualifications so that it's not a waste of time, a waste of interview, things like that. But I think for me as well, it's I think there's two sides to being a recruiter. There's obviously the candidate side and there's the client side. With the candidate side, you know, one of the things that, you know, RHR kind of instilled in me is kind of how important the candidates are and that, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about respect and treating mm. them, you know, the way you would want to be treated. At the end of the day, everyone last year went through a really, really difficult time. There's people who were made redundant, you know, and they've been working in the same job for 10 years. You know, they're not going to be, ready to to go straight into an interview because things have changed so I think for me it's about offering kind of that support to the candidates you know whether it's looking at their CV whether it's doing interview prep with them to make sure that when they go in they really do sell the best of themselves um, so there's that side of it but for me there's also obviously the client side and completely agree with both Steve and Adam with what they say about you know making sure they're sending quality CVs like for me it's definitely more about quality than quantity mm. um, you know I would much rather send two or three CVs and then be exactly what the client's looking for and to be honest like very recently I have had one of my clients turn around to me and say that you know I've sent the best CVs that they've ever seen because essentially what they're looking for is what I give them I don't try and you know see you know whether or not you know they'll possibly see someone who might have the experience or maybe they've got like you know a couple of years rather than the five that they're looking for I will give them what they're looking for but I think as well as that side of things, as a recruiter, you you also kind of have to be a consultant as well, because I think what I've found, I don't know about you guys, is that a lot of my clients, the market has changed yeah. and things that candidates would have accepted before the pandemic is not the case any longer. I think last year, the power was with the clients, you know, and they they basically had the say and they, you know, the candidates kind of had to accept what they were given. But now it's completely changed. And now mm. it's about advising clients. For instance, you know, there's a lot of clients who I find sometimes their salary or package that they're offering isn't in line with where it should be. 
and you know there's more jobs out there than candidates right now so it's a case yeah. of advising them about you know use your expertise and explain to them look with this particular position in the market this is what you're going to be looking at if you're not prepared to pay that then you're going to have to either change you know your expectations or you're going to have to prepare yourself for them to be counter offered because that is what's going to happen do you know what i mean so i think for me what i pride myself on is being kind of um someone who supports both my clients and my candidates in different ways and just making sure that the experience is a really positive one yeah and it's holding their hand a little bit as well I yeah think. It, it is from, it's holding their from hand. the client side where and I would wholeheartedly concur with what you've said with the the change um over the last year or so the clients we are finding now I that clients are a lot more open to being advised and being handheld through because they it is one aspect of the market of their job if you like it's the entirety of what we do therefore they are you know they are employing us as agencies as the experts in our relevant fields we're we're there to advise them they i think that years ago there may have been a, a caution if you like of actually being able to say to a client you're you're either underpaying in this role or your benefits don't stack up with competitors because you didn't want to feel that you were going to offend the client and then subsequently lose their business i think that it is far more now of a consultative um arena where they are expecting to be advised and they are expecting that whoever they are employing um, or using as an agency is going to help them position themselves so that they can fill it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Agree with that. yeah. And it's a good point you made, Laura, and the pandemic, I mean, for all its negatives, has taught a lot of people one thing is that it has really highlighted what's important in their life. So, you know, a lot of agencies and a lot of people just assume it's salary. Salary is the only motivation to go in a new role. But actually, now more than ever, people are going, oh, actually, it's that work-life balance. Or actually, it's more about that progression they can give me in a longer period. And like you said so well, Adam, the best agency is a consultancy. You know, you advise the client and the candidate. And people, clients are a lot more open to it because everything's changed, for, for better or worse. And the only way agencies will thrive is the approach that all three of our companies take is, okay, here's a candidate who might not be in the salary bracket, but has the right experience, or I can look at someone who perhaps has the right salary bracket, but might not have the same amount of experience. And advising is key. So I think they're really good points, male made. Um, just before we go on to some questions I wanna ask, that I think are hot topics, I wanna sound like who wants to be a millionaire in the market right now. Um, <laughs> Well, can you can you guys list any of clients that you currently work with just to give um, candidates and clients alike who are currently listening what what kind of things or what kind of roles are you in partnership with right now? Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. Uh, um, I basically work with uh, a number of companies. Uh, well, one of them is uh, McLaren Construction Group, uh, who we've formed a, a very, very close relationship with. Um, placed a number of people with them uh, over the last year. We're kind of their uh, go-to number one guys now, which is a, which is a great feeling. Uh, and right. uh, worked with um, Gowling uh, LLP, big law firm uh, based in Birmingham and London. Uh, I've worked with a company called Redscan, which is a cybersecurity um, sort of um, uh, consultancy. 
Uh, I've also worked with, well, this is Adam as well, it's not just myself, but obviously we worked with uh, Servitech as well, which are a big, large aviation and marine safety um, product organisation. Uh, and um, we've we've forged such a good relationship with those guys. It's kept, they've kept us quite busy. Obviously, we're open to bringing on board more clients, and uh, we're, we're actually in the process of doing that. And I think our partnership with RHR will obviously increase that client base as well. Uh, but that's just that's naming just a few of the organisations uh, that we've worked off. Can you think of any others, Adam? Well, only you know, uh, with regards to uh, interesting clients where you've got NATO. Are always uh, quite a uh, quite a good one to to mention. Very interesting. I feel like I'm in a James Bond movie already. Like Absolutely, it. yeah. We 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 um. It's not, not sure quite how, fine. I'm not, not sure how much you can say about NATO though, given the uh, exactly. But, um... <laughs> sure, which is totally understandable. Totally understandable. <laughs> yeah, there a lot of NDAs uh, involved. Sure, but what it what it highlights is the fact that you guys, I'm sure, like all of our business, can work on private and confidential roles and you know especially right now in the market there will be um people internally who are thinking to themselves i don't want to advertise for this someone might be in the role or, oh, i'd really like a short list of the best candidates without letting everyone know on linkedin and you know the fact that you guys do that for such a uh, a big entity is it's a really strong selling point so great um laura highlight some of the, the clients you're in partnership with just to give a kind of an idea about anyone listening to or candidates or client wise so I'm currently working with Dermalogica, um, which is a big skincare uh, brand um, at the moment. Um, I'm also working with Naos as well, which is also skincare. Um, right. And they've got kind of three different brands under their umbrella. And I'd say the roles kind of the definitely head office and a lot of them are digital based as well, which I think is quite interesting. Mm. Um, I've also... I also, like I said, work with kind of like the individual salon owners as well. So I've um, I've just recruited uh, an entire team um, for one of my salon owners who's opening her brand new salon in the Londoner Hotel in Leicester Square. Nice. Um, which is great. That was five people. Um, and so that's kind of like beauty. I also have done them um, actually Davines as well, which is an Italian um, hair care and uh, skincare wholesalers brand. Um, but then on the other side of that, like I said, I don't just specialize in beauty. So I'm also uh, working with prestige pawnbrokers, which is an entirely different industry, yeah. um, recruiting appraisers across London. Um, I've also been doing a lot of digital work with digital agencies. So um, I've been working with Pink Leopard, um, which is a digital agency in Birmingham. Um, and I've also been working with Gemflow as well, which is actually a really interesting business. Um, they basically build um brands for celebrities and influencers um and they've now actually because it's been so successful have decided to kind of add a platform their own talent uh, platform on top of that as well so yeah it's been it's been really exciting and obviously new brands are coming on board every day and working with RHR you know being able to work on their roles and they work on my roles it's, yeah I just think it's it's a really really great partnership and I'm excited for the future Good, good. And if you get any free samples that are appropriate for my skin, I do let me know. Tim, you. you don't need any. <laughs> you can't see it right now because it's a podcast, but I'm sliding the five pounds virtually into his account. <laughs> um, good, good. Well, I um, appreciate you guys going through that because it gives a good introduction about who you are, your business, and it gives uh, some listeners a good idea of who and what you are. 
so I wanted to ask you questions that I, I kind of like discussing um, right now with my candidates and my clients, especially because I feel they're what I would call hot topics. And the first one is quite obvious because everyone's talking about it. It's, you know, this whole move from working from home, from office working. So I'm sure that anyone listening right now, you know, off home working was very much, I would say, a, um, a benefit to a position, whereas now it's come across because of the pandemic working from home and some companies introducing flexible working, it's a lot more of what others would consider now a mandatory um, benefit, such as the mm-hmm. same as holiday and pension. So what about, what about you, Bree? What, what are you in favour of or what do you prefer, working from home, or office working or a hybrid of both? This kind of ties in a little bit with what we were discussing previously, where it was very much the clients calling the shots up mm. until recently, and it's now uh, the balance of power has taken that shift because it is a job heavy market. Well said, yeah. What we are finding is it's quite interesting because I think over the pandemic and you've seen that there is more of a capability that people can do a number of different roles and they can do them remotely. Clients, again, with the salary packages, the benefits packages where we're having to advise them are also now being made more aware of the fact Mm. that people are going to be looking for either fully remote or hybrid roles. Now, I agree with this. If the role is, if it's not a disadvantage to the position. Now, what we are finding with the power shift movement, if you like, is that I think more candidates and I think Steve and I are finding this with some of the ones that we're speaking to they're wanting that flexibility but sometimes the position does require for example if we've got an IT field service engineer role that role in essence requires somebody to either be office-based or site-based that's not a role that can be done remotely And then we are having to manage the candidates' expectations of saying, right, okay, society in general is now becoming more open to hybrid working or remote working. But there has to be an element of reality and realism in there as well. You can't do, you can't go to, well, you can't do a site job if you're not on site. So there's a kind of a balance there where you then have to manage the candidates' expectations of what they can get because you can't, actually change the role to suit the candidate as such um so there has to be i think a happy medium there um in down to the basics i would say that if a role can be done remotely i'm i'm in favor more from a personal perspective i'm in favor of a hybrid role um i come into the office a couple of days a week because i like the human interaction i like surrounding myself with guys like you tim when you see people that are work and laura of course as well um i go up to birmingham where steve is based and work with him as well because it's great to have other people to bounce off at sure. the same time with childcare and other situations like that the the flexible working has been a huge benefit to me as it has to millions of other people as well so I sit, without wanting to sound sort of fence-sitting, from my perspective, I think it's... 
yeah, I, I think that it's someone's done a roly poly over it, but I like I, it. I, I think you may yeah, I may have ti- I may have sort of tightrope walked along yeah, that fence. I think, I think you bottled that. I think you bottled that one, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you Love know it. what? I would say I'm a fence sitter as well, to be perfectly honest, because I think okay. the benefits to both. I think, I think the thing is, last year we were all stuck in and people didn't have a choice but to do remote working. And Ooh. I think for a lot of people, it did affect their mental health. Yeah. And I do think that that's why, that's why for me, the same as, you know, what Adam said, I love coming into RHR once a week because you do get to kind of have that interaction with people and it's, you know, getting outside of the four walls that you're so used to sitting in. And I sure. do think that that is really, really important. And I think, you know, as Adam said, it is something that I think clients are now realizing it shouldn't be a benefit. It should be something that is offered as mandatory. Cause I think, as you said, if the role, you know, is able to, you know, work remotely, then why not allow them to have the best of both worlds and allow them to have that, you know, work from home life balance, which is really important. And I think that's what a lot of people have come to realize, you know, they've started evaluating, you know what they're doing in their career last year and I think a lot of people have now started thinking themselves do you know what actually no this is what I want um and now they're they're not afraid to ask for it because it is something that it's been proven that it it can work for certain roles um so yeah for me I'm with you Adam I'm a fence sitter I would say hybrid working um is definitely I think the way forwards for everybody Steve what about you are you are you a pure home worker do you have an office or you do a bit of both uh, presently, yes, I'm a home worker. Um, but in, in terms of this question, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, I'm probably more 70 30 uh, for okay. office space working. Um, and, and, and the reason I say that is because uh, I'm touching on Laura's um, mention of mental health. Uh, you know, I think we are a creature of habits. And, you know, we need structure and we need, we need some structure and routine in our lives. I find with the, the, the I, you know, it's not, it has been proven that people can work from home and that productivity levels have increased in certain areas. But it's a very tough question to answer because everyone's different. You know, every every role is different. Um, you know, your your responsibilities are all different. So it's very hard to answer that for the majority. Um, but for me, I, I think it's when it comes to mental health, I think it, it's good to have a, a pattern of getting up in the morning, getting yourself ready having a place to go, you know, preparing yourself for the day and um, then sitting with other people who you can bounce off energy wise. Um, You know, there are times when you need guidance, when you need someone to potentially pick you up by your your, your sleeve and say, come on, you know, um, we need to improve on this or, you know, you need to uh, pick up uh, on certain things. So uh, for me, it's it's case by case, I think. Um, yeah. And it's also, yeah, totally you know, clients are very, I still think clients are very much for office-based work. And yes, we do need to consult them and say, well, you know, the situation is this now. Um, candidates have, have had an opportunity to have a little bit of work-life balance. And obviously it's something that they very much enjoy. Uh, it's particularly if they've got children, of course. Um, so it's 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 a tough one for me. For me, I, I believe in structure and routine because I think it's good for your mental health. But I do want to. I do also see the advantages of uh, working remotely as well. So that, that's no, where I see. And I think all three of you made some really good points. And, and absolutely, I mean, my 
my perspective is very similar to actually all the points you've made is the fact that I think flexible working should be treated on a one-to-one case-by-case. It should almost be sitting down with your line manager and treating it as if you were having a salary review. You know, it is specified just for you. Some people need that flexible working and it's actually important to their, not just their mental health, but also their productivity. If they've got um, people at home or a young family, it might be the fact that they want it because it's better for them. And along with, obviously, like you said, that the job can be done, I'm all for it. Myself, I, I, I like flexible working um, and I enjoy it once or twice, but I also am very much like yourself. I need, even though I moan about a million times a day about my commute and how long it is and I'm stuck <laughs> on a train, I need it. I need it because I like to mentally have that difference between work and home, whereas some people are mentally different and, and can do both. So, yes, I, I think, um, like you guys said, case by case basis for sure. One, one big topic then I want to discuss since we've all got some uh, specialist recruiters I, in a room. I say a room, I mean over Zoom. Um, it is advice on the job market because uh, we've picked up a few times that during the, the, the heavy period of the pandemic and the restrictions, lockdown, it was very much, it was a candidate heavy market. That being that there was too many people out of a role or looking at not enough roles. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we've almost seen it shift. Everything's open again. The demands change, especially in, uh, I would say, specialised or unique roles or hospitality now it's very much there are so many jobs out there but i guess not enough right people applying to it or or going for it so what advice would you each have for candidates and clients if you could just one or two that would help them uh, either look for a new job or look for the right talent um based for their company um well i would say um research the market you know, um, if you if client, what I would say to my clients is, you know, uh, have a look at uh, potentially what your competitors are doing. You know, um, have a look at the sort of set the, the the market salaries out there. Have a look at the you know the working from home aspect. Have a look at the um, the, uh, the the benefits or the the car allowances that certain companies are offering. Um, you know, get an understanding of what the candidates are are looking for in the market um obviously they'll have a particular that they're looking for and it has to meet that but you know they they, they need to they, well i suppose that's where we come in because that's where they ask us the question you know what, how's the market so they, they get they should get the information really from us but they could also do their own sort of research just to see what the market's like and and and, and you know uh, see what competitors are doing or not even competitors just other people that are looking for the same you know uh, job job title uh candidates um I think uh, I think the, the problem is you because of it, like you say, there's more roles uh, than there are candidates. It's, it makes our lives a little bit trickier because you got people that would apply for a role that generally wouldn't because they're, yeah. they're, you know someone's looking for work. Um, you know, it's it's not easy. We all know that we need to be in work, um, and sometimes you're getting an abundance of applications from people that you know not not really suitable uh, for the role yeah. so for, for for candidates i would say make sure your cv is going to the right role make sure that the consultants that you're speaking to are not sending your cv out willy-nilly uh, you know make sure you know where your cv is going um because that way you're you're, you're definitely going to have uh, a lot more um uh, interviews uh, and a lot more people showing interest um but again it's, it depends on the consultant they speak to uh, and, and how they operate but uh, that, that's kind of the best advice i could give give them great 
good. No, re- really good points there. Uh, Adam, following on from that, you know, if you could give um, one piece of advice to clients and candidates, both people hiring and people looking for a job in this market, what, what would it be based on your expertise? From a client's position, I would say be aware. Be aware that the market is now more competitive. Mm. Um, be aware that you have to put yourself in the best possible position to attract the people that you want because it's going to be more of a fight now than it has been for a long time. With a lot of candidate, uh, with a lot of clients, sorry, over the last year or so, we have found that even when there has perhaps been a need, because they've had to make redundancies in other areas of business, they have had to streamline their IT function and are now just getting back into going, right, we can go all full steam ahead now and start looking, but realize that they're not the only people in that position because if they've had to do it, you know that their competitors have had to do it as well. Um, Just be as an attractive a proposition as you can and understand what not only what you want, but what the candidate wants and whether you can offer that to her or him so so that you're not setting yourself up for a fall or you're, you know, you're keeping yourself in the race. From a candidate's perspective, yes, it has got an awful lot better. We are still seeing that there are candidates, and this is where it's actually still quite a good market for the clients as well, because there are candidates that have been hit, very, very good candidates that have been hit over the last year and with redundancies or with perhaps a role becoming too much for them because whilst they've kept their role, they've also had far more um, thrown in their direction. So where you've got from a candidate side, I think what I'm trying to say is, yes, it has become a better market for you as a candidate because a lot of people were staying in jobs that they perhaps didn't necessarily want to stay in, but they were staying in there for security. Now they've seen there's more jobs coming on the market. They are building a confidence as well. What I would say is don't let that confidence turn to arrogance. Don't start asking for the sun, the moon and the stars. You know, make sure that it's tapered with reality because you're not going to go from, to use, say, a football analogy, you're not going to go from playing for Barnet to playing for Barcelona now if that if that makes any sense does that make sense it does what you know make sure that what you're going for know know your worth but also know reality expectations set your expectations there has there has to be a a professionalism on all sides yeah yeah and like like you said so well steve is the benefit of going to an agency where the, the the consultant does consult is the fact that you are that advice from hearing what candidates say and from what clients say so that that is one of the key importance of our role in the middle between them two um laura on a last but certainly not least what what advice would you give to any hiring managers or any candidates looking for a new role in this market now i think what i would say particularly to clients it's kind of touching a little bit on what um steve and adam have said um but 
when you're writing your your job advert you're selling the company you're selling you what kind of sets you apart if you mm. think about it, there's so many jobs out there at the moment you've got to think about what's going to interest a candidate what's going to make them think oh i really desperately want to work for them put in you get 28 days holiday when that is just the you know the average Legal. what you're meant to get <laughs> Cool, you're not a rule benefit. breaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. not a benefit. So it's for me, it's things like that. Putting things like competitive salary, like don't put competitive salary, put what the actual salary is on there. Otherwise, you're going to get people applying who maybe are nowhere near where you want them to be. And it's a waste of everybody's time. Absolutely. Um, I would also say as well to clients, be a bit open-minded. There's a lot of people that were made redundant who've got incredible transferable skills that could mm. quite easily fit into your role. Maybe they're not in the same industry, but it doesn't mean that they couldn't learn it. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I would say to clients is at the moment, there's far, far few candidates compared to jobs. So, you know, if you're sent a candidate, don't just immediately say no, because they're not necessarily have a degree. Because for me, I'm not being funny, but I would rather see someone who's had like, what, 10 years experience within that kind of industry or within that kind of role, but doesn't have a degree rather than someone who has a degree and maybe has been doing it for a year or two. So I think, I do think clients need to look at what their requirements are that they're asking for, because sometimes it, it can be a little bit, a bit ridiculous in all yeah. honesty and I think that's where we come in as being you know consultants as well as we are able to advise them and we are able to say you know I've actually got this incredible candidate they're not from your industry but this is what they've done this is you know what their measurable results are just speak to them and genuinely I've I've had the experience of that where I've built that relationship with the client to the extent that when I've spoken to them even though it's not necessarily a slam dunk CV they've spoken to the candidate because they've took me at my word, you know, and then they've ended up hiring the candidate because people can have transferable skills. Um, from the candidate side of things, I think what I would probably say is just make sure you market yourself as, as best as possible. Because although there are more jobs and candidates out there, there's still some pretty damn good candidates. So you need to make sure every job you're applying to that your CV, you know, it, it kind of measures, it goes with um, what the job spec has. You know, there's loads of tools online at the moment where you can download your CV and it'll help you find keywords because a lot of clients I find they're using, um, you know, automatic CV systems. And the problem with that is that if you've not got certain keywords in your CV, it'll just automatically reject the CV, even if you're an incredible candidate. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's the important thing as a candidate is you need to make sure that the role you're applying for, that your CV, you know, relates to it as much as possible and that you are using keywords and there's measurable results in there as well. Yeah. And I think you've touched on a really good point there. And like I said, it's the benefit of going to an agency for support is that don't, in, in, if you're advertising roles, don't try and start doing the recruitment before the selection because what you will start doing is unfortunately you will get candidates who won't apply because they've got three years experience they've got two months two years five months and so yeah. you've made a really good point there um brilliant thank you so much for your time guys really appreciate it to anyone listening um hopefully you've gotten a little bit more of a in-depth knowledge about rhr's partnerships the people behind the, the businesses the business themselves and I guess having um, a little bit of knowledge from uh, recruitment experts about homeworking and a little bit about um, advice in the market. Um, so, like I said, thanks very much, guys. Appreciate your time. Thank um, you. Thanks for having us. And we'll look forward to speaking to you guys soon. Bye.
You've been listening to RHR Talks. In order to keep updated on future episodes, make sure you subscribe via Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you're listening from. The best way to be kept up to date on vacancies is follow RHR on LinkedIn or register via our website. If you're looking on how to find the best talent and are interested in how we can help, please call 020 7432 8812.